politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Adam! Wait a minute. Am I talking to myself here? Hello? Hello. What? Bo? Travis, if you do that again, I swear I'm going to lose my mind. That's me. You were just, you just stole my identity. I really just did. Yep. Wow. Travis! Yes. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm done. You two are confusing me and I'm just way too tired for this, but okay. So, so listen, following up on a our last episode of What the Hack, mm-hmm. Bo, you were involved in a deep exchange with a scammer. I, well, and deep, deep, deep. Mm. Have you heard back from Thomas? No. Deep, I, I wish it were deep. I tried, Adam. I really tried. I tried to get him to trust me. I, I, I have all the hallmarks of a failed confidence man. This guy won't have anything to do with me. And I offered him, as you know, we offered him five grand. Come on the show. Tell us all your shop secrets. Bupkis, crickets, nothing from this guy. I hear rumors that you have been jousting with a scamper. Thomas Davis. Thomas! He won $390 million in a lottery. And so he got in touch with me because he wanted to spread his money around to people who needed it. Would you be on our show about scammers? I promise not to turn you in, which we could do. <laughs> since, since we have work with a retired Secret Service agent and a white hat hacker with close ties to the letter agencies, eh, I just want to interview an authentic small-time swindler. All right, I got a plan. The plan is... What is it? Let Travis take a shot at Thomas. Oh. He is a doubting Thomas, Travis. He does sound like it. Mm. He also used the term lull pretty often, which is sort of a uh, immediate conversation editor for me. So, so Bo, you know, I've been wanting to ask this question. Travis and I talk about it privately when you're not around. But yeah. Why do you like to troll the trolls or scam the scammers as much as you do? Oh my God, I can't think of anything better. It's so fun. It's, it's um, you know, it's when I was a kid, uh, the first dangerous thing I ever did was, was just brush my finger. 
through a candle flame and I wouldn't get hurt. And I'd be like, see, I didn't get hurt. I'd be fine. And then I graduated to riding a motorcycle on a stone wall and I did get hurt. So trolling the trollers and scamming the scammers to me is like the middle road between riding a motorcycle on a stone wall and putting your finger through quickly through the flame of a candle. So how much, how much is it because it's fun or how much is it because you're trying to learn something? I'm always trying to learn something. So I, I'm careful when I do it. I am very careful. And it's fun because they're often not that bright. And so you can kind of, it's, 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 it's a bit like, um, yeah, putting a mountain troll in a paper bag and shaking it. It's fun. And then, so I guess that's my not nice side. And then I, I guess I also like the thrill of it because there's always a chance they will get you. And since I know you, Adam, I'm not too scared of getting got because I know I have a, I have a get out of free or, or get out of hell free card with you. Oh, I thought you were, because you know Travis and me, you figure you're going to get got by us anyway, so at least you might as well see if somebody else can do it. And that's how I got unscared, because you and Travis are so, I mean, Travis has had my password since 1997, so what, I mean, I've got... And he still looks at it in disbelief every day. <laughs> it, yeah, that, that was sort of shocking, even as a, uh, as a teenager. Now, but Travis, do you understand why I do it? Would you ever do it yourself? Uh, No. Why not? Because uh, I'm not the sort of person to either put my finger in a candle or ride a motorcycle on a stone wall. What about you, Adam? What about you? Do you have? Are you a danger mouse when it comes to this stuff, or are you absolutely scared as a mouse? My my beloved will tell you that I'm, shall we say, risk averse, except in the stock market, where that has been <laughs> my downfall <laughs> on so many different occasions. <laughs> Yeah, well, it must be fun. The beauty of dealing of with the stock market is it gives you an opportunity to be depressed almost every day of your life. I mean, oh, well, if you like depression, yeah. 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 I mean, if that's your thing, yeah. Do you think this, this interaction protocol you have with scammers has, uh, has helped you stay safer online because of certain characteristics you see? when you get involved in these give and takes? Well, because I do it so much, I actually just assume I'm always under attack. And it, it does, yeah, it protects you. If, you. if you behave as though you're constantly being targeted, it's harder to get got. And the fact of the matter is we're all being constantly targeted. No, barraged, barraged. But I, I do remember, it was either a TV show or a movie, because you know me with TV shows and movies, where someone managed by mistake to anger a hacker, and they systematically took this person's life apart, piece by piece by piece. They're like yellow jackets. They really just, they don't give up, and they'll, even they'll like, they'll die in the process of getting you. They really just, maybe they're not that bad, but. Creative, Travis? sophisticated, persistent. Yellow jackets can sting you and keep living. Oh, which are the ones that die because they lose their stinger? Bees. Bees. Uh. What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, the voice of cyber romance. I'm Bo, bullfrog hunter extraordinaire. 
And I'm Travis, the voice of cyber discomfort. <laughs> and today we're talking all about romance scams with Yue Shu and Julie Kraftchat, the hosts of the podcast, Dateable. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. UA, Julie, it's so exciting to have you on the show. And I, again, so much appreciated the fact that you allowed me to come on Datable and lower your digital property values for a relatively <laughs> brief period of time. So it's you pronounce your name UA? Yes. And you pronounce your name Julie? <laughs> Julie? And we UA? should change it to that. That would be the best. <laughs> Julie and UA. That'll be $5. <laughs> That's our new branding. Thank you. <laughs> At the beginning of our conversation, when they were kind enough to allow me to come on Datable, that... Uh, UA and Julie also talked about the fact that there were other scams that they were exposed to. And so just sort of as a way of kind of getting to know you and getting to know your introduction to scams, uh, like for instance, Julie, you were notified of college loans that you had with, was it UCLA? <laughs> it was UC Berkeley. UC and Berkeley, yeah. <laughs> ironically, I didn't even have any college loans because it wasn't an undergrad program that I went to. It was like a post um, certificate program. And, you know, the scammers can get to you because I started to believe it in my head that I had loans that didn't even exist. Well, I mean, if you get a letter from that's one of my least favorite scams, too, because I hate it's a double whammy. You owe money, which I don't like. 
<laughs> and you didn't know about it, which I really don't like. <laughs> and but I assume it's true. I always assume it's true. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, you I had the experience where how many times have we all picked up the phone, and someone speaking in Chinese was talking to us, and we're going, I have absolutely no idea what this person <laughs> is saying, but uh, almost unfortunately. Uh, UA's mom did understand what they were saying, and UA, you basically went down and stopped her from taking money out of the bank to actually pay them. So when we, my mom and I, traveled to travel to Tibet, and we went with a tour group. And when you travel to Tibet, they take your, or at least this tour group took all of our passports, and they saw that we had foreign passports. And what happened next was we got a phone call saying, "We know you have foreign accounts." We know you have money elsewhere. Uh, you must report that amount or you're going to get arrested. And I mean, it was true. We lived in the U.S. We had foreign accounts. So my mom freaked out. I wasn't around at this time when she got the phone on, when she got the phone call. And they were so slick about it. They said we were the Shanghai Police Department. You can Google our phone number, call us back, and you'll still get us. So she did that. She went on Google, found the number, and called them. And it happened to still be them. It was a very elaborate scam. She was on the phone with them for over three hours, and ended in at the ATM of her trying to withdraw money. And that's when I stopped her. Oh my gosh, that is, I love it. That sounds like a <laughs> real. It. That sounds like a real uh, five star kind of scam. <laughs> well, then when you talk about complicated scams and and you know really professionally orchestrated scams. Then we come to the whole world of dating scams, which is perfect since we <laughs> talked about this on Dateable. Yes. And as you folks said at the time, we're living in an era of the Tinder swindler inventing Anna and the bad vegan. So, I mean, it's all around us, not to mention the fact how many people, we've had several people on the show that have talked about becoming victimized or at least catching themselves just before uh, they became victims of dating scams. Well, and Adam, we also, you know, not to forget Loki, we've heard ser really serious stories of people, people having their identity stolen and used on a dating app without their knowledge to, in, in some cases, even commit a crime. So it can get, it can be, it can be annoying, it can be saddening, it can be, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna find the right person, or it can be terrifying. So have you, you guys ever experienced uh, swindling and scamming on dating apps personally directed at you? You know, I think we we both have had people that were definitely suspects, but we haven't gotten to the point of passing over money. But it was really interesting because when we were doing this episode, I mean, a big part of it you touched on it, Adam, is there's been so much media lately about scams, romance scams particularly. The Tinder swindler. Man who's come to be known as the Tinder swindler thanks to the popular Netflix true crime documentary. Popular documentary that chronicles the woeful tales of three women who thought they'd met the man of their dreams on Tinder, only to later say he scammed them out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's now speaking out, saying that nickname couldn't be further from the truth. I'm not a fraud and I'm not a fake. People don't know me, so they cannot judge me. 
And when we were looking into it, actually in 2020, the the second highest internet scam was romance scams. So they just shot up over time. And I think a big part of it was due to the pandemic of a lot of people being on their phones and on the internet, stuck in their home, not being able to maybe do other types of crimes in person. So it was just a huge um, rise in the last couple of years. What's the uh, what, what's the most common approach that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a multi. There's definitely very some extremes. So mm-hmm. we've heard of. I think people were pa- handing over thousands of dollars to right. random strangers. And as soon as we put a post up in our community, we got back tons of people saying, like, this has happened to me. And so we've seen it on the far end of these people that maybe have never even met in person, but they, you know, have given them some sort of story and some sort of feeling of connection to make it seem like they should be giving them money to help out. There's always some huge issue that happens, like in Tinder Swindler, right? He was, you know, um, caused for harm. So it's like there's always something that's making this happen. And then uh, we've also seen kind of a lower end one. And it's interesting because what in we've seen more women kind of get be suspect to romance scams where they're falling for like this big fairy tale story where men, it's more of like a quick hit of like, let's go to this chat room and um, put your credit card in so we could talk here first, or I want to make sure that um, you're safe. So I'm going to verify your identity first. So you have to go to this site where you have to pay $50 to verify your identity Or even we've heard of um, just like quicker hits of, can you send me $50 for an Uber ride so I can meet you at the bar or restaurant we're supposed to go to? And spoiler alert, they don't show up. (laughs) Can I say, Julie, like if someone, I have two daughters and I am old fashioned enough that if, if I would say like, if they want you to pay for their Uber ride, it's a bad sign. Just if even if it's not a scam, like run, run, No bueno, no bueno. No bueno. But, but Julie... (laughs) <laughs> you have become i'm guessing in the in the land of this podcast datable and your work uh in audio you've become an expert on uh, somewhat of a psychologist probably yeah you could say that we like to believe that yes <laughs> and so um so like how 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 can are there any hallmarks of an of a of a of a scammer versus a real romeo uh, are there things that they do differently that you've you've noted as a pattern? I think what we've heard over and over again is if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And, you know, in today's world, we want to believe that someone really love like really likes us and they want to do anything and they want to make us our universe, even at the beginning, because, you know, one of the things we hear from in dating is that it's actually really hard to even get to a third date anymore, that, you know, people have so many options and they're treating each other as disposable and all of the kind of the bad dating behavior. So when someone shows up strong for you, you want to believe it's true. But a lot of times when it's too good to be true, this is when this starts to come in. And I think there's always the sob story that co- that's part of it. And there's always this element of, you know, like a lot of attention and like built trust that doesn't actually exist yet. So in other words, this is where good dating behavior is really 
bad. And bad Betty oh, can't win. I mean, yeah. it's like and it's normal. Un- <laughs> it's unfortunate because we don't want to like discourage people from like you know treating someone well. But I think we all know deep down when something feels like overkill versus someone gradually getting to know you. I think we want the romance, we want the big story, but. Also, we have to recognize that this person's a stranger and we haven't like earned that trust yet and they haven't earned our trust. So when someone's asking for all this stuff, like even my partner of over a year, I feel like if he came to me asking for a thousand plus dollars, it'd be like, well, what are you using this for? You know, the fact that people are doing this after just like a couple weeks of chatting online is it's crazy, but it's obviously working or they wouldn't do it. So in other words, when Bo comes to Travis and me and asks us for money for, let's say, a tractor, should we be like, you know, on the lookout for that? (laughs) That's the stupidest question. I love you, Adam, but stupid as in stupor, as in like dizzy, as in like a fly that's woozy and flown around too much. Because one, one, I've known you since before dirt even existed. And I, so if I ask you for money, you didn't, did you not know this? And Travis goes for you too. And UA and Julie, um, you just give it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about I, right. That yeah. What's wrong go. with you guys? UA, I want to hear you, UA, I want to hear you chime in on the same exact point. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think it's, you know, what we said, it's unfortunate that modern dating, we normalize bad dating behavior. So when someone experiences good dating behavior they don't know what to do with that information and they sometimes people do kind of accept that behavior more and so that's why these con artists can really get to the vulnerability of people because you know everyone who is experiencing ghosting and lack of accountability on on dating sites all of a sudden they're like this person's paying attention to me yes i will financially invest in this because this is not like anything I've ever experienced before. Well, and, and we know that, that Bo's true love, she didn't believe him for a year and a half. And actually Travis and I thought that was, was, was fairly quick to give in. (laughs) Well, no, my kids actually, my kids, and I think you, Adam, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I think Travis, you too, I think I would say like, is this like friend zone or, and everyone was like friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. And I kept insisting that I was seeing things that weren't there. And um, it took a year and a half of me courting for her to actually believe that I was serious. I do have to say it was pretty adorable how giddy you were when you first met her. You just called me and you're like, I, I, met, this, I met this girl. It was, it was really sweet. I met her in the dog park too. And so my, my advice on the dating front has been get off the apps. Get off the apps. Go meet somebody doing something that you like doing. What do you guys think of that? I mean, I'm impartial because I met my partner on an app. I think that there's, you know, I think that <laughs> the apps are a great source to meet people you wouldn't meet in real life. That being said, I think people have used apps as a crutch and they're not doing what you just said to just meet people in a dog park anymore. So I, th- I don't think it's an either or. I think it can be both, but sometimes it just feels easier to just defer to the apps that we're not flexing our social muscles. But also, I think it's just an element of our society when everyone's like has their earplugs in, like in a park, it's really hard to approach people anymore. So it kind of needs to be like a collective 
feeling of like, we're going to try to meet in real life again, whether that's romantic or not. But hopefully the pandemic can start to shift that because people have this real longing to, to have that human connection in person. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance an electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I, I think one of the main things that uh, on my end is someone who has not been in the dating scene since I was a teenager, uh, very happily so, um, is uh, how much uh, blame do you think the dating apps or dating platforms themselves uh, need to take for uh, the scam environment? I think this is a really good question because I, I, I'm not sure, to be honest, because mm -hmm. on one side, I feel like their whole sell is that they're just a connection platform and that they can't really control the people on there. And, you know, it is hard because you don't know who's showing up. But then on the same time, because people are so reliant on dating apps, because it's so challenging already, adding this element now that you could not just get ghosted, but you could get scammed, it makes it a really scary place if you like fall into that. So I do think the dating apps need a little more accountability. It's really hard though, because like, I know like companies like, you know, like Uber, or TaskRabbit, like where they're independent contractors, they take a lot of safety precautions, right? There's vetting and all that stuff, but it's not really like these people are <laughs> employees at all of Tinder, for instance. They're just fellow users. So I don't know. What do you all think? Like, do you think that they should be doing more? I'm so glad that you asked. So I think that there's there's no doubt, first of all, the way some scammers or many scammers work on these dating apps is they have multiple profiles. And they're, they're basically burnt like burner phones. And when uh, a scam goes sideways, they just close it down and move on to the next one. But they have several going at the same time. So, you know, is is a dating app 
developer able to see that that's happening? Almost certainly, in many cases, they are. And, and, and the question becomes, do they have any incentive to get rid of fake accounts? Well, the same thing goes for Twitter. These platforms have a vested interest in there being, being fake accounts on their, on their platforms because it makes them look bigger. I mean, I, I think the, uh, one of the main examples that comes to mind, too, outside of Twitter is uh, Ashley Madison, the uh, social app for... Uh, having an affair there. Uh, but what, when, uh, that had a huge data breach, what they ended up finding out was that was loaded with fake accounts. Um, in the same way, about that, 90% of them, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. It, it made it look more popular. It made that more appealing for people who are actually going on there because they thought that there was a huge, uh, user base there and it ended up being mostly uh, fraudulent. But you know, what's interesting is about a year and a half after that disaster, where you ended up having suicides and divorces and everything else, Ashley Madison was actually even more popular than it had been before this disaster. Yue, what do you think about all this? Listen, every social media site or app had fake users to start because that's how you grab people's attention. Clubhouse had like a wait list of thousands of people. Were they real people? Probably not. I think it just shows that the, it shows that there's demand for this app and there's this feeling of exclusivity. I don't think we can blame the apps for the types of people who are on the apps, but the apps do need to take accountability for safety. And a lot of them are doing the best that they can. Ultimately, I think it's how humans are using these tools is to blame and not so much the technology itself, because the technology is just going to keep iterating and keep progressing. And it's up to us to use it in the most ethical way. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the, a dating app, but I recently got my Instagram hacked not that long ago. And, you know, this person was sending random messages, like impersonating me. And it was very violating. Like it felt like a violation of privacy. And did you get I, it back? I did. And the Instagram did take get it back for me with um within 24 hours. So once I found out found out how to do it, they had me, you know, take photos of myself from all different angles to verify it was actually me requesting my account back. So I did like their process. But I guess the part that I don't understand is like, if they see, you know, this unrecognized device logging in from somewhere questionable where my account has never been before, they see this person like spamming other like users on their site, you would think that they would at least hold the account until they could verify because 100%. basically 24 yep. hours I was getting, I was, you know, spamming all these people and that can't be good for their site. So I wish like dating apps, you know, if they're not sure at least could do something because like you said, like there is data that they have that they're collecting. Tell us the best almost scam that you experienced on a dating app. Do you just get rid of them immediately? I think I think it's just reading. Well, I, I feel like it was just so obvious to me. I I bought lots before, and you ask the question, and they answer with something totally unrelated. So. <laughs> real person, I probably would stop talking to them because they're not right. uh, really on point with anything that they're saying. But an, a scam that I have been experiencing, I don't know where this is going. And Adam, on our episode, I kind of alluded to this, is on LinkedIn, every day, I get one or two requests on LinkedIn of very attractive Chinese men with mm. made up profiles. I can tell they're made up because they're 
job functions are very strange. It's like um, managing director of user. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, neither do they. Harvard, <laughs> MIT, and they have less than 200 connections. I don't know where they're going with this because I've collected on my phone at least 30 of these now. And I'm well, not... Them, we can tell you what that is. That is that's that's called account padding. Um, and Adam gets a ton of those um, where it's just people who are in the midst of trying to create a believable, usable account in the commission of identity theft. So they have to collect as many followers as possible. So that person with 200 connections will have a thousand in a couple of weeks and then it'll become a little more believable you what are what when you we were talking about you know you just swat these guys away like it was nothing what are um would you say the top three early warning signs of a person not being legit one their photo looks like a stock photo doesn't look real um two all of them had the same pattern of education it was they were educated in china first at like a beijing university and then the next was at a stanford harvard or mit they follow the same formula and many of them work for these fang companies like the facebook um you know an apple uh and some of them even messaged me but it's incoherent i mean i don't understand what they're saying but something like you're magnificent <laughs> <laughs> Let's connect. But I do wonder if they are using, because now people are getting a little smarter on dating apps, verifying um, identities, is that are they using these identities on dating apps to scam people? So, Julia, may I ask you the same question now? Uh, yeah. What are, what are your top three warning signs? Because I, you are, you're, you're, I think you're right. We, we've seen that. But, you know, both practices have been trying to help me, uh, you know, get my folks up so yeah you know my top it's, one is it's adam yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i definitely think the biggest one is they want to take the convo to whatsapp immediately especially mm. on dating apps because they don't yeah. want the dating app to see their suspicious activity i think that's one piece a lot of times they're overseas so just a uh, text messaging won't work so they need web-based text and um, so I'd say that's definitely number one. I remember there was a, when I was on dating apps, I was talking to someone once and probably what you, like UA said, they had a stock photo or they were highly attractive. Like I was like, wow, this person's really good looking. And then when I started talking to them, um, you know, a lot of broken English and you don't want to judge off that. But then there is something that goes off that's like, this feels like a red flag. Like there's something a little off about this interaction. I think they can't really follow a convo. So very similar over there too. It's hard to keep a conversation going unlike other people on the apps. And then of course, if they ever ask you for any money, that's the surefire sign that it's a scam. Um, I think, you know, like if someone's just like calling you and this might not be a scam, like this could just be someone in general, but if they're calling you like sweetheart or beautiful or like obsessive names, especially for women or for men, what we've heard is they want to meet up real fast. Like they're just like really trying to get off the app ASAP because they're trying to like appeal to more and like they're kind of throwing in like sexual innuendos and stuff. But hold on now, but hold on now, Julie, because there are a lot of people who use these apps, men especially, mm -hmm. 
um, to hook not, up. Not exclusively men, totally, Adam. And and so they're getting explicit and want to get off the app first, fast, because they they're only yeah. they just want to hook up and they just want to get it over with. They're not interested in a big fast relationship. Uh, they are interested in a big fast relationship. <laughs> they're not interested in a long slow one. Totally. And it's not always, that's what makes scam, scams difficult is because some of the behavior is what just other people are doing that aren't trying to scam you. It's maybe right, when all right. this stuff is combined. And what we heard from all the people we talked to is they, they knew something felt off in their gut. There was that and they kind of chose to ignore it. So maybe that's the biggest sign of them all that you know deep down that this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem like, you know, the way things typically go and not in a good way. And you might try to justify it to yourself that like things haven't been going my way. Like we were talking about earlier, it's unfortunate that the norm is bad dating behavior. So when good dating behavior comes in, everyone's like, this feels too good to be true. But, you know, that's kind of the stuff that you have to balance of, is it really too good to be true? Okay. So we know there's a difference between like scammers and then creepy guys. <laughs> Yeah. But but for, that's kind of the same. They're also right. But you're you know from from your experience, like when do the real real daters who are trying to be honest about it, not just let's hook up tomorrow morning, but real daters actually want to you know what's the right time frame to when they want to move off the app that you shouldn't completely freak out that someone's trying to move off the app. And yeah, I don't think. I think dating is such an individual experience, so there's no rule about how fast you should get off the apps. But I think ultimately the red flag is the language they use because one coin that we termed on dateable is called a relationship chicken, which is in modern dating, everyone's trying to show the least amount of interest, thinking that that's going to increase the number of matches that they get. And with um, these scammers, the language they use is that they immediately go into couple mode, immediately calling you babe or immediately saying, good morning, honey. And people love that because it's like, oh, this person's not scared to get into that relationship. So I think it's not so much the timeline of when they're getting off the apps, it's the language they use to get you off the apps. Yeah, and how comfortable you feel too. Like, do you feel like you have a sense of this person that you want to give them your phone number? We always recommend people giving Google voice numbers, you know, just in case because of this. But usually there needs to be some connection that's formed beyond just what you would read on a profile. What are the worst dating scams, aside from the stuff that we see on Tinder Swindler and stuff like that, but based on the your listeners, what are some of the worst stories they've told you about these dating scams? I mean, the one that sticks out to me, I mean, there, we had a, we had a bunch, but there's I'll, probably UA will have a different one. But the one that stands out to me was actually someone that got to meet the person. So it wasn't a total stranger and it just moved real fast. So like probably by week one, they were moving, they were moved in together. And what was hard about this one, I think from listening to it was not only did he 
don't know, clock in like $1,000 between different expenses. It was paying for his dog to get neutered. And there was actually even a night out that he took, like treated her to. But then once they broke up, she had him Venmo back that money. So it was like a combined, it was a lot of different, you know, needs that came up. He, he asked to be on her uh, cell phone bill. I think at that point she was like, this feels like a lot. We've known each other for a week. And I think what's scary to me on this one is it's like all the things we want in a relationship. Like we want someone that like wants to be serious and to commit to us and take those next steps. And she was saying like her therapist said, if all the stuff that he did was over the course of six months to a year, it would have been a great relationship. Like she was talking about how they were dancing in the kitchen and, you know, going on these like really nice dinners and all this stuff. Um, And what is problematic about it though is also rushed and there was, you know, a financial output at the end. And then ultimately when she like felt like she was kind of catching on to it and didn't want to keep supporting him, that's when he got upset and, you know, and luckily she said that she had friends that she called and like the cops came to make sure he was off the property and all that. And it, it was just like this, I was just thinking like when she was talking about it, like, I can't imagine all this going down in one week. And while I think it's not ideal, the stories we hear of people sending random people money over the internet, um, that may or may not be even the people that they're pretending to be. What's scary about this one, it's like this person, I know who they are, they know where I live. And I think that would freak me out to have that person kind of out there running around. I think uh, I think one thing that uh, this a lot of this comes back to, especially with these uh, scams, uh, comes down to uh, authentication. And uh, I'm just wondering what you both think about, uh, you know, is there some, should, should these dating apps require uh, more authentication or is that just going to lead it into like a deeper web of uh, account padding that uh, Bo referred to? The more barrier to entry, the better, Mm -hmm. because even the scammers would need to do that extra effort to even be on the apps. So authentication, authentication is I feel like it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now it's a question to everybody: is how you know what would be the most effective and safest way to actually really authenticate people? That's my question. App, from the app perspective, is mm-hmm. uh, how they do it, and and what would someone need to feel like the person they were communicating with was actually authentic? You'd have to do like a thumbprint, a butt print, weight, height, you know, retina scan. And uh, and (laughs) high school transcript. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that it's simple. It's having other people in the app to authenticate you. Having two other people who are already on the app to authenticate you plus identification. Well, that's sort of how Raya works, which is a kind of Mm -hmm. uh, uh, dating app for influentials. Yeah, I mean, my only concern would be like if the scammer got on and they start recommending people and then it becomes a cycle of scammers. But there would have to be something that prevented that cycle from even taking off in the first place. Dating apps, are they worth the risk? Yes or no? I absolutely believe they are. And again, I've met my partner on dating apps. I've met multiple partners on dating apps. I think you just need to be smart about using them. And like we said, when something feels too good to be true, like second guess it. 
and then look out for some of these signs. Like you can also even do reverse image searches and there's other ways to see if this person is valid. And uh, yeah, like I think there's always going to be a risk with anything. You know, I've heard of scams, romance scams that didn't involve dating apps that were people that met you know, in person, in the dog park, you never know. Like if someone's out there trying to target you for some hey. reason, it, <laughs> <laughs> it can happen anywhere though. So yes, it might be more prevalent on dating apps, but I, I really don't want people to feel discouraged to use dating apps because of this. We just need to be smarter about how we use them and, you know, not having tunnel vision and believing the fairy tale all the time, being realistic. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, how can people find out more about how to find you and find Datable? Yeah, I mean, they can go to datablepodcast.com, at datablepodcast on Instagram, or, you know, any podcast platform, Datable Podcast, you can just search for us there. Well, Yueshu and Julie Kravchek, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh and see you on the dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Okay, Adam. Bo? Adam. Bo? Adam. Bo. So I got to say, you know, it was interesting. And we probably should just kind of go through what our own, I guess, top three uh, warnings are for people who are using dating apps. Um, you go first. Okay. Well, you know, listening to UA and Julie, you know, brings to mind what's going on with the whole Elon Musk Twitter purchase. How? How? Well, now it's on hold because he said, I need to get a grip on exactly how many bot accounts are out there and fake accounts. And this is the same thing, you know, with dating apps is the question is, and, and this came up with Ashley Madison, which was uh, a dating app of a different kind. But the whole issue is how many people on this app are real as opposed to how many are contrived, how many are burner accounts. And let's think about it. This is where the value for any dating app is in the volume of people that you have an opportunity in meeting. So therefore, the larger volume, the larger the available universe of people, the more that it might sound like a, it's an appealing thing because you'll have access to so many different people. There's only one problem. There are a lot of the accounts that are fake. Burner accounts. Burner accounts. Hmm. Travis, you get to go next. You get number two. Number two, the second most important thing. <laughs> Huzzah. <What>? Huzzah. <laughs> Huzzah. I'd say uh, one of the most, um, one of the key pieces of advice is something that we uh, have said repeatedly about uh, social media, which is don't overshare. 
you can keep things vague. You can let people know a little bit more about you without actually needing to give them that many uh, fine details. Um, if you, the more details you give online on any app, uh, dating or otherwise, the more ammo you're giving a potential, uh, scammer or, uh, identity thief. So, okay. I'm gonna, mine is, mine is totally different. Mine is this. Do not go on dating apps ever. Seriously. <laughs> don't do it. Seriously. I'm serious. Go to the, if you eat a keto diet, go to the bacon section of the grocery store. You're going to find someone better. Or if you're on a, uh, you know, a bicycling kick, go on a bike ride, meet somebody. Me personally, I'm sorry. I think the dating apps are a horrible idea. And um, I've been wrong almost consistently for the past few episodes. Um, so just disregard what I'm saying. But if you want to be a curmudgeon and you want to live in the woods and you want to hang out with bears and raccoons, don't go on dating apps. You know, Bo, you're so 1995 here. Oh, I resemble that comment. No, I mean, listen, dating apps are here to stay, especially in the age of COVID and whatever horrendous future pandemics that we may face as a world. So the question is within that which exists, this universe, as opposed to the universe of our yearning youth. Okay, okay. Then I would say go what slow. What advice would go you Go slow. Give? I would say go slow. And if somebody wants to go faster, go even slower. I mean... You know, dating apps are here to stay for another reason, too. I mean, according to the FTC, relationship scams grew six times more popular between 2017 and 2021. More popular and, or more kind of rife? Well, rife and, I guess, popular. Common. Common. If you're a scammer, they're certainly popular. Yeah, I was going to say, because I can't, uh, I mean, their popularity would be a suspect, unless the FBI really loves, like, this kind of criminal. And it costs people over, now I'm going to do, you know, New York Lottery voice, uh -oh. $1.3 billion. Ooh, sound of feet clattering. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. that. I just think, you know, real life, you know, I liked what UA had to say about authentication, though. It would be interesting and smart to have an account where you had at least two people on the app vouch for you and say, yep, this person's for real. The only problem with that is it's not that hard to create so many burner accounts that you can have burner accounts vouching for each other. I mean, in the world of deep fake. Yeah. You can, I mean, just, it's like brushing, but for people, you know. Well, but also Travis, I mean, like you, Adam brought up deep, deep fakes, but with these kind of burner accounts, we're talking about super shallow, like penny deep uh, fakes. Yeah, you can just go into uh, thispersondoesnotexist.com and just hit refresh until you get a, a good profile pic. <laughs> I think one of the other dangers, too, though, is that if you have a, um, say you're the one dating app that has uh, authenticated users, that gives people a false sense of security. That if they uh, if they start seeing people on there, they may let their guard down because what they're saying is, oh, I think you know this person is more likely to not be a scammer. Well, please add that, that, then, if you're keeping score, to my thought that burner accounts could be verifying each other. Right. So listen, the moral of the story is maybe not don't talk to strangers, but online, in real life, however you date, it's just safety first. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, if you liked the episode, please give us five stars and leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. Ratings. Adam, do you want to be happy? For the rest of my life, I want to be happy. 
What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.